Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Partial Historians. I am one of your gracious hosts, very elegant in this hot summer weather, uh, <laughs> Dr. Greenfield. Nice, feeling really far from elegant in the heat. I am melting. But you look good. <laughs> so good to see you, Dr. G. <laughs> I am, of course, Dr. Radford. <laughs> nice. And I'm afraid I feel a bit somber this evening. Uh-oh. Why is that? Or whatever time of day you happen to be listening. <laughs> <laughs> whatever time it is in your region. Exactly. Insert appropriate time here. <laughs> well, basically because we've come to the end of our Spartacus journey. He's got some highs ahead of him for sure, but we all know how it's going to end. Badly. Well, Bloodily on the battlefield. Well, there's only one way to go <laughs> once you've had the Spartacus, Spartacus, Spartacus moment, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. It's all downhill yeah. from there. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I feel like we did it in the wrong place in the last episode, if you listen. <laughs> nice yes. save. Yes. Nice save. <laughs> okay, so where do we find Spartacus when we get to the final season? Season three, War of the Damned, which kind of gives War. away where they're going with it. War of the... Who's damned? Everybody's damned. Everybody's really. damned, yeah. Really. Crisis is unhappy and the slaves get killed. <laughs> what I find interesting <laughs> yeah. is that Crassus is reputed to be a very... Uh, a, a man riddled with vice. Yes. Perhaps might be the way to put it. This is how he's represented by our source material. Yeah. But, but when we see Crassus yeah. here, we're seeing young Crassus. Yes. Not old, vice-riddled <laughs> Crassus. So <laughs> Not my, Dorian Gray's portrait. Yeah, we're seeing Dorian Gray. <laughs> in my imagination, whenever I think of Crassus, I yes. think of a man who's lived a life well worth living mm. but maybe has the signs to show for that as well but that can't be because in a tv series he's so virtuous and so disciplined he's ruthless but he has morals for sure morals. <laughs> <laughs> he has his own ethical code don't deny it he does he's certainly cruel i'll give him that he's cruel and he's ruthless in this tv series but He's also quite intellectual about it, you know. I like the He's way. A thinker, well, I lover. like the way he thinks that maybe he can get into the mind of, yeah. of the slave rebel by fighting a slave fighter who yes. was previously a gladiator. Exactly, and that's, that's, that's that sounds clever, but it doesn't sound like Crassus. No, it doesn't sound very plausible. But you know where I think it comes from. The movie. That's right. Because <gasps> that's that's really what Crassus is trying to do in the 1960 film. You know, he's obsessed with finding mm. out what's going on with Spartacus. Like, <laughs> why is everyone so in love with him? Why does why does everyone love Spartacus and not me? <laughs> I'm lovable. Look at me. I'm Lawrence Olivia. I've got a fake nose. I'm adorable. <laughs> you could be more adorable. Yeah, exactly. So I think that actually stems from the film. I think it's a previous yeah. Film. Because, of course, we do have another touch of the 1960 film in this episode, and that's, of course, the Ooh, rather where? abrupt appearance of Caesar. <laughs> I find this the most implausible thing. This is my... I have a trouble here. I've got my I'm unhappy... She's gagging on I'm her I'm a historian who's a little bit unhappy face on right now. <laughs> Don't I'm, you dare. Don't you dare bring that in here. I'm this sorry. This is a safe place. I'm sorry. Yeah. First of all, Julius Caesar as a blonde. Uh, but anyway, well, anyway, anyway. It is an Australian Julius Caesar. <laughs> At the very least, uh, yeah. Anyway, anyway, yeah. leaving that aside, yeah. 
forget it is blonde for a moment. Maybe that's why things worked out so well in with the Gauls. Who knows? Um, but where is Julius Caesar in, what, the 70s BC? Yeah, he's not established as he's a real a, figure yet. I mean, he's, he's, in he's late on 20s. his way up. Yeah. He's doing, yeah. But like, not really, like, massively He spent some time in Bithynia. Yeah, we've mentioned that before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. winking. I'm winking. <laughs> I'm, I'm jabbing my elbow in Dr. G's side. Yeah, well, everybody <laughs> likes to spend some time in the East, if you hear what I'm saying. But, <laughs> but, but nevertheless, if he's not there, at the very least, he's hanging out in the Aegean, having been caught by pirates. Yeah. Gotta love that story. Yeah. <laughs> this episode has everything. Drama, love, betrayal. <laughs> pirates. 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 <laughs> there are pirates everywhere. There is no way that Julius Caesar was part of Crassus's armed forces against Spartacus. No, and this is basically something that... Just to make it really clear. Yeah, the, cre- the creators... The chronology does not work, guys. No, the creators of the 1960 film thought, look, this is a period that our audience are unfamiliar with because when you're dealing with Roman film, generally you're dealing with... Everybody kind of looks the same. Yeah, you generally you're dealing with Julio-Claudian emperors and you're probably dealing with a tale to do with Christianity. If you set your story, on the other hand, in the late Republic... You know, long before Jesus was even a twinkle in whoever's <laughs> eye. <laughs> well, only Mary's apparently. Yeah, exactly. Long before this time, probably even before Mary was even born, for God's sakes. This is when Spartacus is around. And so you can't have that Christian tone. You don't have these well-known figures like Nero, who's well-known for you know persecuting Christians mm. and burning down Rome and that sort of thing. Yeah, you, you, you've lost a lot of the really famous Exactly. Players. And so in order to resonate with their audience and give them a little thrill of recognition. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Let's put in somebody that they'll definitely yeah. recognize. Say the name. Say the name. Say the name. Caesar. Ooh. <laughs> I tringle with recognition. Gaius. Julius. Caesar. <laughs> I do declare. <laughs> or should we do the hard C? No. <laughs> Kaiser. Wow. Well, well, well. Wow. 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 No, no, no. In any case, so you put in a character yeah, who's quite famous that's yeah. of-ish the period. He's yeah. alive at the very least. Yeah. Um, and just stick him in there and as I mean, part of the know, action. He's of age, I suppose. Don't do that, guys. Yes. <laughs> Don't do that. But it, yeah, basically, um, I guess, and also it's, there's, there is that connection eventually between Crassus and Caesar. So I guess as far as they're concerned, it's kind of like, meh. What's well, twenty years or so between? Yeah, friends. yeah. <laughs> They're gonna form an alliance later anyway. Yeah. Maybe this establishes why they did it. Exactly. We'll just no, fast it doesn't. It. I'm sorry. And everything that you see about Julius Caesar in this ser- in this third series of Spartacus <laughs> War of the Dam is thus complete fabrication. I'm taking the mic away from you. <laughs> I'm revoking your privileges to speak. I'm a historian. <laughs> I'm a historian. Oh, don't you be so sanctimonious. <laughs> anyway, I've got that off my chest now. Yeah. Yeah, so basically for probably for those reasons, they, they bring Caesar in and Caesar ends up being Crassus's man in the sense that he orders him not to shave off his Gaulish appearance because of course he's been fighting apparently. Beards tend to be associated with mourning. Yeah, and also, you know... Not morning as in the sun rising, but... Yeah. <laughs> but morning as in... Although that would make sense, because that's when yeah, most people shave. Yeah, that's why I thought I'd clarify. Yeah. It's like, you wake up and it's there. Yeah. I, I hear you, I hear you. No, no. <laughs> people in your family have died. Morning or philosophers, perhaps. Yeah, you mm-hmm. grow... You, well... Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, maybe. yes, but... 
Yeah, not so much. Yeah, yeah. But beards, it, beards tended to be frowned upon by the Romans. Yeah, they're like themselves. Clean speaking. Cut. Yeah, they're like a they're like a really posh boys' school. <laughs> <laughs> they like their haircuts short and <laughs> spicy, and they like no facial hair whatsoever. And everyone will wear the uniform. Exactly. You must wear a doga for God's sake. <laughs> uh, but yeah, to get back on track slightly, basically Crassus recruits Caesar, um, who's been at in the fields and therefore looks rather roguish rather like a slave might do because of course slaves don't shave they're out in the wilderness uh, they're I rough and ready yeah. I hear you. so who better to pose as an escaped slave mm. than Caesar returned yeah, from of, battle because of course you wouldn't trust any clean shaven man who turned up to the slave camp would no, you I certainly wouldn't <laughs> which is interesting especially since Crixus now has a beard <laughs> there does seem to be a lot of clean shaven men in the encampment yeah, but not amongst the slave leaders, did you notice? They all have artful stubble. Yeah, you but have to have artful stubble if you're going to be a slave leader. That's just the rule. But but artful stubble yeah. can be... It's just like a one-day growth. Yeah, I know, but... Like, you could just shave. You don't understand. These, <laughs> these are slaves... Look, I'm not against artful yeah, stubble, gentlemen. These are slaves who, when you look at them closely, have perfectly manicured hands and white, straight teeth. <laughs> Facial hair is the least of their problems. <laughs> I don't think the source material from yeah. the prime is just going to help us on this point. We've gotten mm. somewhat distracted. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> now, there's lots of stuff that they can make use of in a very creative way when it comes yeah. to the slaves. It's when, important. Yeah. It's important from a from the uh, TV perspective, and yeah. in a in a in a nod to the Roman yes. uh, way of doing things and appearance and stuff. That Julius Caesar is one there at all. Uh, yeah. Two has a beard. Yeah. And three <laughs> therefore can pose as a slave. In yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. And basically, the slaves are on a bit of a high following their recent triumph. Uh, but Vengeance s- has been had. Exactly. But they still have a lot of work to do. You know, they still have to figure out what exactly their next move's going to be. Well, what is the ultimate goal? Yeah. I mean, and there's only so long you can be on the run as an armed force yeah, within be- Italy. Yeah, and this is basically You've the problem. You've got to come up with a plan. Yeah, the problem as you get to this sort of climactic point is one that the sources kind of hint at. Uh, in that there are so many people now. How are you going to feed them? How are you going to shelter them? Can't how hide gonna, those. Yeah, how are you going to keep them all happy with your plans? Because if you're the dude in charge of like 100,000 people, or maybe more, mm. there might be some people who disagree with you. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, you know, King Spartacus, he's always got a plan. Yeah, and exactly. It, it, it's a, You know, I mean, let's be fair. Some of the slaves, not all... You know, slaves could be educated people, you know, just in the wrong place at the wrong time, whatever. But there were probably some slaves who were, you know, illiterate, uneducated, rough and ready types. And they may have, you know, frowned upon Spartacus's uh, high moral ground. Because, of course, he's really becoming quite saint-like. He really is becoming quite legendary. Legendary! (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa, whoa. Exactly, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Basically, because he refuses to stoop to the level of Romans. You know, he, he doesn't want to execute his Roman prisoners. Even when there's a food shortage amongst his own people, Isn't he Isn't something feeds that's supported the in the source material? No, not at all. <laughs> apart, I, just, I just thought I'd yeah, ask the question. Apart from the fact that we do get, as I said before, that kind of slightly positive spin on his character where mm. he seems to be, you know, he's held up as being quite noble. Yeah, but it's inter- I like this construction yeah. uh, that they that they introduce in this series. Yeah, that, that Spartacus doesn't want to become the enemy that he's fighting against. Yeah, exactly. And this is something that's very Faustian. It's something that really mm. comes through in the 1960 film. Mm. It's very large Spartacus. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and the trouble with that is that that it 
unless you can explain it to somebody in a way they understand, yeah. they're not going to get it. No. Like, why what? aren't you killing the Romans? Yeah. Well, see, I think this is the thing. Like, he's, he has no, believe me, he has no problem killing Romans. Yeah. But not once they're his prisoners. <laughs> no. Yeah, you see, that's a very fine distinction. Yeah, I know. I, I can know. see how people would miss this. No, this yeah. would cause problems. Yeah. And it does. But, interestingly, because these prisoners are captured when they take a town, right? So they capture this right. town. They're camping out. Right, 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 right. There's tension. Service and Vale. Yeah. What a name. I, I don't like it. I know. It's rolls off the tongue. Mm. This gives Spartacus the opportunity to meet a high-class Roman lady. And, of course, well, they don't get along at first. He's been there before. Yeah. They don't get along at first. <laughs> but then... Ooh, 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 the hate to love. Yeah, yeah. After some complicated plot twist where yeah. she ends up being a slave for the Romans Whoops. for about five minutes. Yeah. How does a Roman become a Roman slave? Anybody's guess. It's because the Romans are just <laughs> bastards. I mean, seriously. This is again Thanks, something Crassus. goes all the way back to you know fast. The Romans are just evil, <laughs> and basically they say, "Well, this chick was alive during the time Spartacus was, you know, in, in this the town. City. Therefore, she must have collaborated with him somehow. Therefore, we have the right to just strip her of, you know, her citizenship. Exactly. We just Turn sell it. We just do a deal with the Cilician pirates that betrayed Spartacus and just give it to them. <laughs> no, the Cilician pirates. That yeah. might, yeah, they're important. They're I think. another little point that is kind of manipulated." To make a good story point in this mm. in this season, because basically Spartacus needs plan, and his plan is to escape. <laughs> <laughs> and what's a good way of escaping? By boat, of course. <laughs> Enter pirates. Yeah, because basically we have this mentioned in Plutarch, and it's only really in Plutarch um, that Spartacus made a deal with Cilician pirates to transport two thousand members of his army to Sicily. Okay, but then they get betrayed, and it never ends up happening. This is unfortunate. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of other sources actually mention this attempted escape to Sicily, including early sources like Cicero. Hmm. You know, we have quite a few sources that mention this attempted escape. It seems to be fairly ingrained in the tradition that that even if there are not pirates involved, there is an attempt. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Hail Caesar. Whoops. Whoops. Pirates. Pirates. Um, (laughs) That even if there aren't pirates involved, that there is a plan to escape via sea that the slaves try to implement. And there's also this mention in the, in the source material. And this is where we, you know, I mentioned before, there's, there's this tension about, um, you know, mentioned in the sources about what the slaves should actually be doing. Uh, and the fact some of them should be sailing, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Some of them should be sailing. Some of them want to loot and rape and, you know, be nasty and typical, It would make sense to break up into smaller groups yeah. and disperse. Yeah, exactly. That would be a good strategy. Yeah. And that's kind of what happens, but it's unclear whether it's actually, like, how small the group is. Are they planning to disperse? Or is it just because that group wants to stay around and loot and rape and have a good time while they can? And meanwhile, Spartacus seems to be the voice of reason. Again, is this a positive source tradition or is this real? And Mm. he's the one continually saying, look, I don't give a fuck if we go to Sicily or if we go over the Alps. I'm sorry, pardon my French. But we just need to get the hell out of Italy. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's important. (laughs) But what happens instead is that it seems like the slave forces break up in a few different groups under different leaders. Crixus is mentioned going off with about, what, 20,000 or so slaves, apparently. And things don't end well after that, I can tell you. <laughs> Oops. And this some is... of them are trying to escape by ship. That doesn't really work. Yeah. Apparently some of them try to make their own rafts. That doesn't seem to work. Yeah, no, no surprises there. And this is actually a really interesting story point, which I actually have to admit I did not see coming when I was watching the season for the first time. Basically, Crassus sends, you know, Caesar off to, you know, 
do a bit of reconnaissance, to uh, cause discord mm-hmm. in the slave army. Crassus is just too clever in this. You know, he's going <laughs> to destroy the slave army from within. Because he knows morale is like super important. I feel important. like I'm building up to my next real big issue with this season. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So basically uh, you know, Caesar thinks this is what he's doing. Because he yeah. starts making everyone really pissed off with each other. Mm. And Crixus and Spartacus are just loggerheads. You know, yeah. you really think... Cause Crixus and Navia are both sort of leaning towards, let's just kill these goddamn Roman prisoners yeah, because yeah. we're starving to death. You're a freaking lunatic. What kind of leader are you? And Spartacus keeps going, peace, brothers. <laughs> we shall not harm you. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And so basically they, they end up staging this massive fight, but it turns out to be just that staged <laughs> it's what? staged what? I know they're not really angry with each other at all ah! my mind was blown <laughs> oh, they're just too good for words but having someone said, got played yeah having said that though eventually in this season sadly Crixus and Spartacus will part ways but they part ways amicably mm. and that's an interesting point because in our sources um, although the sources it's seem not really to, clear yeah the sources seem to indicate that they think the slaves have split, you know, along sort of ethnic lines, perhaps because of some tension. And yet you do have this story of Spartacus sacrificing when he learns of Crixus's death. Mm. You know, sacrificing Roman prisoners or organising a, you know, a sort of gladiator style fight of some mm. sort to honour Suggesting that there's Crixus. still some relationship yeah, there. Yeah, so suggests there is actually quite a strong tie there. And that's exactly what happens in the series as well. Well, mm. not exactly. In that Spartacus does end up staging you know, a, a sort of gladiator spectacular in, in honour honor of, of Crixus, Crixus, but also yeah. in honour of, you know, he basically gives everyone the chance to sort of, you know, to let it out, man. Just let it flow. <laughs> and they all sort of mourn all their all the people they've lost over the course of this war, because this is getting near the end, you know. Mm. Um, and it's all a bit more complicated because they introduce another Roman character, of course, um, to make the plot... Another one? I know, I know. Crassus's son. Now, you see... In Fast's version of the Roman world, Crassus doesn't get along with his son and, you know, or he has no children. It's, it's one of those things. He has to be, it has to be all wrong. His family has to be all twisted. And that's <laughs> kind of what happens eventually in this season in that they go from quite a loving, dutiful Roman kind of bond between father and son to a really twisted <laughs> relationship. This is left of centre. Yeah, it's, this is not source material stuff. No, at all. this is just. I think this is really just invented because they need, basically, they need someone that Crassus can care about, that Spartacus can you know sort of get to him <laughs> through. You know, because we all know that Spartacus unfortunately is not going to get the chance to kill Crassus. No, but there has to be some kind of you know satisfaction. He has to be able to get at him. You know, get inside his head, man. You know, play games. <laughs> And, you know, Tiberius ends up becoming this person because he ends up in the slave camp. Yeah. Yeah, and he ends yeah. up being at their mercy. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of an interesting element there, which has no basis in fact whatsoever, but it adds to the drama. It certainly adds to the drama. Mm. Uh, and then we, we, like, we reach this final battle. Yeah. Uh, and their strategies are just improving all throughout this season, I might add. You know, we oh, talked yeah. last we talked last episode about how 
you know, there's this whole... Rope vines. Effort, yeah. Rope vines, yeah. guys. <laughs> Rope vines. They're so clever. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, the, the armour and the weapons they were supposedly trying to training. accrue. Train. Yep, exactly. Lots of hard training. And it's really paying off in this season, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's going up roses. And you really see Spartacus become... And, again, this is really... It's really interesting to me because there was this massive concern um, on the part of people like Dalton Trumbo in the 1960 film. They really wanted to make sure that when Spartacus like the large Spartacus, he was the true equal of the Romans, mm. Yeah. He was, the, he was the equal of them intellectually. He was the equal of them as a battle commander, as an orator, as a leader, <laughs> as a lover. He's almost <laughs> more Roman than Roman. Exactly. And so this is so... They, they decided their way of, do, of doing this, like of showing this in their film, would be to show Spartacus reading battle maps and you know, <laughs> planning strategies and that sort of thing, right? Just like Crassus does in his little <laughs> tent. And that's exactly what you see in this season. Yeah. Spartacus yeah. goes all, you know... He's, Spartacus he's, has his own tent removed yeah, from the crowd. He's exactly. always got his battle plans yeah. with him. He's moving and his he pieces always, around. He always looks like he has the weight of the world on his shoulders <laughs> because he's just so concerned for the well-being of his followers, just like a large Spartacus should be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you see him using strategies like, um, which is mentioned in the sources, the idea of filling a ditch with you know your own dead in order to be able to, to cross it or you know to fool the Romans, or the idea of posting... Uh, posting using, dead bodies. Yeah, to look like sentries. Popping them up so they look yeah, like they're real soldiers. So you can surprise the Romans go boo <laughs> <laughs> you see those dead soldiers yeah. and that's real ones they're natural exactly yeah. mm. so there's all these interesting strategies which um, Spartacus does seem to have used according to our Roman sources mm. and which end up getting sort of worked into the storyline at various points and even on the Roman side you do get this um, and this is again where the sort of added drama comes by making this a recurring character Tiberius Crassus ends up being um, the leader of the sort of the Roman contingent that goes off to, to fight Spartacus thinking that they can beat him against Crassus's direct instructions mm. and end up getting their asses severely <laughs> kicked to the extent where Crassus has to punish them because they went against his orders, they eventually dropped their weapons and ran because they, they were <laughs> Flee, so... run away. Yeah, exactly. Run away, run away. Which is something that the Romans definitely would not have looked wrong kindly. No, and so, I mean, that's pretty much the worst thing yeah, a Roman and there's this do. really brutal um, decimation scene where basically Crassus' son, because, you know, things are still all, you know, pretty chirpy, you know, like, they're not... He's disappointed in his son, but he's, you know, he doesn't want him dead or anything. I'm disappointed in you, son. Yeah. Conduct the decimation. Exactly. So basically, unfortunately, the son has to kill his best friend. It's really, it's a really gruesome scene. Like it's all in slow mo. You can see every little piece of fake blood. Yeah. <laughs> Feel quite ghoulish. In, in, a, in a series that's known for its fake yeah, blood. Yeah. Exa- oh yeah. There's a lot of blood. In this yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's an interesting progression. But um, you know, basically everyone's sort of notable ends up falling in some way or another. So Tiberius Crassus is bumped off by his father's slave lover who he raped in revenge for this decimation. Woo, that's a mouthful. <laughs> There's just so many details. I know, I know, right? And Crixus, of course, falls. He seems like he's about to defeat Caesar in battle. <sighs> Amazing. But mm-hmm. then Tiberius Crassus, no. back when he was still alive, <laughs> defeats, um, kills Crixus. Um Agron is captured. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's one of those slave leaders that seems to have no basis in the source material. I actually wonder if he's sort of a dramatic necessity because with all the tension that was going on in season two, it kind of, I think, was a bit of a relief for the audience uh, and also sort of a bit of a dramatic necessity for Spartacus to have someone that was of equal 
or reasonably equal ranks that he could talk to and confide in. <laughs> you know, like, if you're constantly fighting with everyone, you're not going to hear Spartacus' innermost thoughts. No. You, you have him wandering around the forest going, I, me, sad hours sing long. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a buddy. He does need a buddy. Yeah. Um, I don't know that Agron is necessarily the greatest buddy he's ever had, because he's only getting along with Agron when he's not getting along with everybody else. Yeah, but I mean, they're pretty tight. You know, there is like the, there's a pretty close bond between the two, although it's kind of a bit of a shock when Agron decides to go and fight with Crixus uh, in this, you know, showdown against the Romans. Uh, rather than, you know, take the wiser, more mature path. Because Agron's really... He really stands by Spartacus in this season and makes sure that his orders are carried out, even if he doesn't agree with them. You know, yeah. like keeping the Roman prisoners alive. Up until a certain point. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, Spartacus, of course, high road as always, totally respects the decision. You go. You do what you need to do. <laughs> one, of, one of the things that stood out for me... Sure. <laughs> ...is that the Pompey incident yeah um now pompey is on his way yes to help like he's coming back from spain for a while like yeah. it doesn't like marching an army back from spain yeah it takes, takes time some, takes time yeah, takes yeah. time he's on his way um and crassus has been so engaged uh with this whole spartacus fiasco yes that the romans have asked pompey to get involved yeah because Crassus it's looking from a Roman perspective, it's looking like Crassus might go the same way, might go west, just like every other one they've exactly. set against Spartacus yeah, so this, far. This man, yeah, it's going these, these on men, and on, it's dragging out. Yeah, these men under Crassus's command. Crassus, oh, I can't say they're that. not necessarily Crassus's following command. That you know, he has to have this decimation. Like, what kind of he's killing is that? some of Spartacus's forces, but not not enough. Not enough. No and, conclusive victories, and like sort of getting some, but. Yeah, it's not making it, enough headway. It, it's yeah. not a substantial victory. They don't have Spartacus. Yeah, and in the source material, you, um, there is apparently this point where he kind of has Spartacus trapped um, down in southern Italy, um, and you know it seems like there's going to be a siege and that Crassus will eventually win. It seems inevitable. Yeah, yeah. but then, ha! Huh, Spartacus Wait pulls another one out, and you know somehow he manages to break through the lines. Whether <laughs> whether he breaks through on a dark and stormy night, uh, but somehow he manages to break through this ditch that Crassus had constructed. And this this idea of the ditch really keeps coming up in season three mm. because in the final showdown, of course, you have that really clever battle tactic on the part of the slaves where they have mm. that that ditch which is concealing a lot of you know, spiky, and spikes. Sp- spiky yeah. things. Not a nice way to go. Mm, yeah. Don't fall into the spiky ditch. Yeah. So sorry, continue. Pompey. Pompey. Yeah. 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 So like Pompey has this like overt role to play. Yeah. Uh, and our source material suggests that, that Crassus alters his battle plans and his tactics based on the fact that he knows that Pompey is on his way with his forces. So he starts pushing he starts, for a battle. Yeah. He yeah. starts pushing for more um, to try and engage the Spartacan forces openly, like, once and for all, let's yes. get it done and dusted, guys, because yes. he wants to be able to claim the victory as his own. And if Pompey rocks up, Pompey is of enough standing in charge of his own armies that if Crassus is still fiddling around and hasn't got the job done, they're going to have to share the victory. Exactly. Or even worse, it will be Pompey's. Because Heaven Crassus... <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not sure that, that I can emphasise quite enough how much competition... It lies between these two gentlemen at this point in time. Pretty fierce. And it's always going to be, like, pretty much. Like, they patch things up, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, there's always... Kind of. They're always going... Well, not they're always, but uh, from this point on, they are always going to be sort of rubbing shoulders. Yeah. In a bit of a nasty... 
They're always going to be competing with each other. Uh, Sometimes they'll be friends. Sometimes they won't be friends. Sometimes it's working. Sometimes it's not. And this is one of these sort of big moments in sort of Roman uh, military politics, if you like. I mean, the military and the politics, they're just so interwoven. Uh, And it's completely glossed over uh, in this TV series. And I I understand why. Uh, He's a useful device, though, because it's, it's because Pompey... They know Pompey is on the way. Mm. That they managed to capture Crassus's son. Mm. You know, it's like a, it's like a ruse. You know, they're, <laughs> they're very clever. So it's sort of used as a bit again as like a bit of a you know dramatic mm. dot point, which is necessary you know for things to work out the way they do. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you're right. It, it's it's basically the sources tell us that Pompey um, did try and claim the slave, the victory over the slaves. Um, because after the final battle, he rounded up 5,000 sort of stragglers that had either managed to escape from the <laughs> I got the last ones. Yeah. I finished things off. Exactly, yeah. So there there apparently is this attempt um, by Pompey to steal Crassus's hard-earned glory. <laughs> um, but the final battle is actually, I think, I actually think it's really fascinating because you, you kind of again get this Crassus who doesn't hate Spartacus. The way you'd think he would, you he's know, more curious. Yeah, I he's think. more fascinated by mm-hmm. him, and he kind of has this this real respect for him because, of course, he is the large Spartacus, <laughs> and he re- and Crassus, and he's about to become the small, yeah, dead Spartacus. <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> a shallow husk of a man. Yeah, basically, you do have this, yeah, this weird sort of fascination on the part of Crassus. He seems to be the only Roman who recognises Spartacus's true worth, you know. He, he actually And offers says, him the ultimate insult. Yeah, he wishes he had been a Roman. What the hell? <laughs> Way to kill the guy with words. Yeah, exactly. Of course, Spartacus... How long has he been fighting against the system yeah, now? Exactly. Of course, Spartacus and would I rather think, die. I think, ah. I think Crassus <laughs> thinks this, this is a real compliment. Yeah, exactly, because of course he's a Roman. Ow. And he's a dickhead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you have this really interesting final showdown where um, you have them acting as the sources kind of tell us, because basically the sources tell us that so Crassus is pushed for this, you know, final open battle. Footnote, they yeah. don't face each other in open combat. No, they don't. But you do hear in the sources that Crassus did put himself bodily in danger during this encounter. Yes. Trying to inspire his men, you know, to have a good example. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, shining. That's what the best generals do. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's, but it's, you know, not necessarily the norm, you know. It's, no, not yeah. at all. No, no. Yeah. So it is, you know, it's a mark And we trust of, our sources. Ooh, mm. I don't know. Mm. And then you have also this mention of what Spartacus is up to, and basically you have these incredibly dramatic scenes, which are just begging to be mortalized in TV shows <laughs> like this, where you have Spartacus, you know, basically spotting Crassus across a crowded battlefield, <laughs> running towards him, his arms Killing everybody who's in the exactly. way. Exactly, and then, sadly, just before he reaches his enemy, he's cut down in the fields of battle, just shy of his goal. So I'm sorry, Spartacus dies, guys. Yeah, and yeah, so you you do kind of have that kind of cra- those kind of crazy scenes. So I think they've just taken it one step further, because basically rather than just having them, you know, almost. Oh niche, look, yeah. you know, I mean, this is how drama works, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's to be expected. Um, so yes, yeah, so Spartacus dies. He does. Dot, he dies. Dot, dot. <laughs> he dies. Yeah, and so and you and you do really have. I mean, it's it's a really stylized end. Um, mm. Our source material tells us that 
you know, it was massive carnage that day for the slaves, obviously, being mm-hmm. lost. Uh, thousands of dead upon the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romans too, obviously, but mostly, mostly slaves. Um, and Spartacus's body was never recovered. Okay? Contrary to the 1960 How film, would anybody know what, what, he looked what like. Spartacus's body looked like? Yeah. Um, but yeah, basically the idea is that the sources kind of indicate that, you know, everyone was so badly mashed up and there were just so many bodies that they could never identify him, whether they could or not. Who knows? But that's the idea. And yeah. so in the series, although you have this, you know, one-on-one combat between Crassus and Spartacus that kind of takes place like slightly to the left of the battlefield, <laughs> um, when Spartacus is struck down, you have Agron and Nasir coming to his rescue, knocking Crassus out of the way so he doesn't see what happens. And then by the time Crassus gets back to where he had been fighting Spartacus, Spartacus' body is gone. Oh, the um, legend is born. Yeah, exactly. Instead, he dies in the arms of his Roman lady. And, of course, again, this is something that has a long tradition. There are lots of stories about Spartacus, you know, back in the earlier traditions that I talked about, <laughs> earlier novels and films, where they, they love to have the star-crossed lover effect. You know? <laughs> Having Spartacus fall in love with, you know, a woman from his the, the camp of the enemy is a very popular trope. And she cries tears while yeah. he looks forward to visiting his wife in the afterlife. I know, right? She's not even she's a happy, little bit offended. She's happy to take second place. Yeah, because she's alive. <laughs> Unless she's stuck as a dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so you have Spartacus having this very peaceful and moving farewell surrounded by his loved ones. Mm. And as he passes, ah, oh, the sun disappears behind a cloud. And it the heavens to weep. Rain. The heavens weep. The gods cry. I know. I know. As you would. Yeah, exactly. And so then you have the final shot is of the, the tiny group of slaves that Spartacus's plans have managed to save. Okay. A pitiful bunch, if ever you a saw A pitiful them. bunch, but, you know... But there you, is a baby. Do, there is a baby, and so there's kind of that hope that, you know... that that there's going to be life after Symbolic, this. Symbolic, yes. Yeah, exactly. There is a victory there. And that's that's basically what Spartacus says, you know, in this moving last scene. He sort of talks about the sort of moral victory. You know, he, mm. even though he might not have won the war. Sorry, he might not have won the battle, but he won the war, <laughs> really. And that's, again, something that's very much 1960 Spartacus, you know. They really face this issue. How are we going to get people to follow this story and root for this guy when we know it's going to end in a massive defeat, <laughs> he has to have some sort of victory. It's got to, it's got I to have know. something. <laughs> It'll be the moral victory. <laughs> the one that nobody can take away. Exactly. Even when you die. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So there's this slight sense of moral victory, and then the followers bury Spartacus in you know this sort of unmarked grave, except for the marker of the shield with the red serpent on it, which dates all the way back <laughs> to his wife and the prophecy of what he was going to accomplish. Aww. Aww. Resolution. Yeah, exactly. See, even I feel not too impressed now. <laughs> it does help, you know. It helps to have that, you know, that moral victory and let him become, you know, a man that everyone will remember forever. Hmm. And I mean, I think, I'm, if I may, Dr. G. Oh, oh. I'd like to finish up with a quote. From, oh, please do. From the overall creator, Stephen Estenite. Oh, Yes, indeed, creator of this series. When he talks about Spartacus, although this was many years ago, back in the beginning of the journey, (laughs) he said, I signed on for the adventure, the excitement, the romance, the triumph and the tragedy of Spartacus, Mm -hmm. a man who refused to submit to the tyranny of oppression. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Long may he live. Indeed. I think he shall. I think he shall. (laughs) So, what are we up for next episode, Dr. G? 
Well, we turn away from the the somber finish of Spartacus, mm. and we continue our exploration of a of a bit of Rome on film. Yay! Going to look at a, a bit of a classic. Ooh! Uh, Don't tell me. Did it have the most Oscar nominations and wins <laughs> of any movie ever? I don't know. I haven't done my research yet. Yeah, it did. Oh. <laughs> All right. Um, Ben-Hur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben-Hur. It's got chariots. It's In- got chariots. Indeed. It's got a lot of uh, so one of the classics. It's like three and a half hours long. It's got a lot of stuff. <laughs> a lot of chariots. Yeah, indeed, yeah. Um, and... In addition to that, I think we'll also look at one of the modern classics. Indeed. The one that revived the, the genre. genre. Oh, mm. yes. oh, oh, we can only talk about one film. Yeah. 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 We've got the thing going on I here. like the way you think. Yeah. <laughs> Gladiator. <laughs> That's for Russell Crowe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back in his halcyon days. Yeah, exactly. Indeed. So look forward to that and we'll see you next time. Farewell. Farewell.